Yeah, we have, uh, for the last 12 weeks, we've been walking through the journal. If you have your journal, I invite you to, to pull out your journal. Where's your journal, guys? Where's your journal? We can download it. We can, okay. Right <laughs> you can actually, you can download the journal if you haven't, if you don't have yours yet. Uh, there's a button right here. It's right here. Hello. That's right here. Yeah, you can uh, download it for free and catch the, the rest of the weeks. It's not just a... Uh, 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 kind of a summary of what the Sundays are all about. It also has a daily experience and opportunity for you to engage with that. So we encourage you to, to do this. We skipped last week because it was so different. We uh, skipped the journal plan for last week. Last week it was page 75, which is where I'm going to jump in today for just a little conversation about this topic of receiving grace. So we're on page 20, 75 here of the journal. And before I get to that, however, I do want to introduce... Uh, our special guest, Kristen, here. You know some of the folks here. You know Jan and DeAndre and Patty as part of our worship team. And Greg, always uh, always smiling, Greg. And uh, Kristen is uh, is part of a, a group that's called One of the Twelve. And it is, she's not one of the twelve. It's actually a group of about 40 or 50 that gather on Sunday nights for uh, something we call One of the Twelve. And the idea is, can we imagine connecting with Jesus as one of the twelve? And so uh, Kristen was the very first person <laughs> to sign up for one of the twelve. We put it up, we made it live, and within an hour, she's the first one to said, I want that. I want more of that. And so, uh, Kristen, thank you so much for being a part of this Happy and being be a part here. of one of the twelve. Yeah, it's been awesome. Awesome. It's been a growing experience. So what, tell, can, you take, can you tell us something about One of the Twelve? What is something that has been kind of helpful for you on the journey? One of the Twelve is coming to Sunday morning and then doing my Opportunity Sunday. No, it's not, it's not homework. <laughs> it's opportunities. Right. Okay. And then coming to One of the Twelve at night just to go deeper into that message with in fellowship with other people who want to do the same. And it's been awesome getting to know other people and their love for God. And it's really helped my walk grow exponentially this past six months so i was glad you're here with us glad you're doing mm -hmm. one of the 12 so christian went with a group of us a couple weeks ago two three weeks ago um mm -hmm. so one of the 12 is not just reading studying reading studying read 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 um uh, talk 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 we, we really want to balance that out with <laughs> right, 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 right. With, with yeah right 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 there's, there's a fair amount of writing yeah but it's also get out and do stuff and so we're uh trying to serve in the community and uh so a couple weeks ago we went to rocky point we did that trip and and it was just tremendous it was you get to see different angles of people when you do that and and one of the things for for those of you who've gone on one of these trips is every time it, it there's an adjustment to your perspective when you go on a trip like that, you just see things differently. And so, so for example, uh, for us on this trip, we were at a place that didn't have regular plumbing. And so um, toilet paper, which is already, you know, it's, it's, it's gold now. Uh, but, at the, but at the time, it was, it was a unique thing for us because we couldn't even, couldn't, even, couldn't even use the toilet. You couldn't even put the toilet paper in the toilet. You had to put it in the, in the trash can. Now, I know that's, that's gross, but it's part of the reality of the thing. It's just some, sometimes wonderful things that we get to participate that we have we don't appreciate them because we just have them over and over again so like the use of toilet paper and the being able to use them that way or here's a here's another example your phone have you ever lost your phone have you ever had a, a season or a moment where for two or three or seven 
minutes. You didn't have your phone. And, and there's this common thing when, when, you know, when you don't have your phone that you have to get it right away. And, and so, you know, you see people just kind of, they start to shake. Where's my phone? Where's my phone? And there's a conversation over here. I can't engage in the conversation because I got to find out where my phone is. And, and you're usually here. on it. Yeah, or, yeah that's right. That's right. And so, so and you're, or maybe you're waiting somewhere and you think, okay, I've, I've got to actually wait and figure out something to do with my time without being able to pull out my phone. And it's really kind of, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? Sometimes we, we have something special and we don't, we don't appreciate this incredibly special thing that we have. And, and so that is very much connected to the grace that we're talking about in this series. That grace is this incredible gift that we have. And, and many of you, most of you, you know what that, you've tasted that, you know the value of that. But the reality is that so often we just, we lose appreciation for this incredible thing that we have. The name of this series, the way we're packaging this, is just calling it unnatural. That receiving grace, enjoying, appreciating grace is absolutely natural. But for us to give it back, give it away, a couple weeks ago we looked at the story from Matthew chapter 18, where the, the unmerciful servant was given tremendous grace by the king, but could not pass that on to others, to another servant who owed him a fraction of what he owed the king. And, and so grace is something that we naturally receive in love, but we unnaturally give it. It is unnatural for us to, to give it away, for us to give it as freely as it is given to us by our creator. So the hope with today as a part of this series is to be reminded of how amazing and beautiful grace is with the hope that maybe it would inspire us as a powerful reason for us to give that grace away. That, that when we just be reminded of how amazing and beautiful grace is, that that can, that can stir us on all the more to give that grace away. Grace is, has been described as unmerited favor. It is undeserved. Grace is undeserved. You're, the salary that you receive, whenever it is at the end of the month or end of the couple weeks, that's not grace because you worked for that. It's still a gift from God, and God has allowed you to, to, to make that living. But that is, that's not grace. That's something that you had earned or worked for. Grace is unmerited favor. It's the 10,000 bags of gold that the servant received in the story we looked at in Matthew chapter 18. Grace is when you have a, a new car that has a two-year warranty, and that warranty finishes up on January 1st. The warranty is done. And then on March 1st, the car breaks down. Grace is when the car, is when the car company, the dealership, still honors that warranty. It's done. It was done on January 1st. You're officially done. But they'll cover, they'll take care of it even though it's March 1st. Now, that doesn't happen. That doesn't happen in real life. But if it did, that would be grace. Grace is something beyond what we deserve. Grace is, is when airlines contact us now and, and they give, send us an email and say, hey, you can change your flight. You've had that plan. You can go ahead and change it at no cost. That's not, they, that was not provided in the, in, the, in the print when you purchased the, the, the flight. And so this is grace that some of these companies are offering us to, to, in this time of transition, this time of difficulty. That's grace. I want to give another uh, picture of grace uh, from a classic uh, book 
and that is musical and is also a movie. It's a scene that many of us will probably be very familiar with. Instead of showing you the clip, because we're kind of gathered in the living room here, I thought that we would reenact a, a scene from Les Mis, perhaps the most famous uh, scene from Les Mis. DeAndre, you're not familiar with Les Mis at all, are you? Any, anything from that <laughs> musical that... The music. But music is the best part of it. Okay. Well, obviously the whole in the musical, the whole thing is 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 music. So we're not gonna sing this reenactment. Now, this is a fully, fully unscripted reenactment, okay? So so Kristen, I'm gonna be kind to you and let you just observe. All right. Sounds good. Uh, Greg, at the time, at the right time, can you give us some some you know, movies have feel because of the music underneath them. So at the right time, would you give us a little bit of something? Okay. I am going to be Jean Valjean. <laughs> Don't laugh. Don't laugh. I'm going to be Jean Valjean, and you are going to be the priest. Would you come on up here? Where do you want me to stand? I want you to stand over here. So this is the, uh, would you stand up? You're going to be the, the policeman, okay? So you'll, you'll, be, you'll, you'll be carrying me in in just a little bit. Okay, I'm Jean Valjean, mm -hmm. and, I am, uh, and I'm stealing things. I'm staying with you because you're gracious and letting me stay with you. And I'm, I'm sneaking out at night, and I'm, I'm stealing the most precious things available. And if I had toilet paper, I'd take that too. But, but I'm, I'm uh, stealing things. I'm stealing things. And I hear that you're coming along. And so then I, I hide. I hide. And you're, you're sneaking in and you're looking around. dramatic scene. Oh my goodness, I can feel it. I can feel it. Okay, so now, now next scene, you're up and you're carrying me in. You're carrying me in, okay? And you say a line like, like I caught him and he says that you gave this to him. Okay, okay that's, that's something like what you're going to say. Okay, okay. Here, you carry this, you carry this, and I'll, I'm back. What are you doing taking this? Hey, I caught him and he was taking this. Yeah, uh, I, I gave it to him. What do you mean you gave it to him? I, I, in fact, you 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 forgot the toilet paper I left for you as well. And, uh, the the, the whole the, all the rolls of, of toilet paper. How would you forget those? I mean, if they're not cold right now, and you you can let them go. Let's go get the toilet paper and, and, and it's it's all good. What if I need it? I'll, I'll give you some as well. No. Just go to the closet by the bathroom. Okay. Then you can get out. Why would you do that? Don't forget this. Never forget it. I have ransomed you from evil. You no longer belong to anger and hate. With this hand sanitizer and the, the toilet paper that you're going to take, I have brought you back to God. I have brought you back. I've given you this grace so that you can be the new man you promised to become. So now, I release you back to God. Don't waste any more time. I want to break out in song right now, but I don't know what, what the song is. That was good. That was good. Are you recording this? I am. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Can we give these guys a hand here? This guy, this, this nice guy. job. Well done. Well done. Well done. So, so, so I know that that scene in the movie is just so powerful. It's just, it's this completely unmerited grace. 
And so, so what I want to ask you guys, and I want to invite you to just kind of think uh, on your own there, but I just want to ask you guys, have you ever experienced grace? Have you ever had someone in your life, maybe you were heading to prison. Kristen, that might be part of your story. Um, <laughs> but have you ever experienced grace uh, because of how somebody has responded to you and your situation? Does anybody have anything? Well, I don't have a prison story. Okay. But I was just thinking about this this morning on my walk and how grace is a part of my everyday life. And when I got back from my walk, I asked my husband, I said, babe, you know, when have you shown me grace? He said, not much lately. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's been, this, these past couple of weeks has been challenging all being cooped up in the house, yeah. but um, it's a good reminder. I, and I look at my children and being a working mom, you know, I come home from the office and things aren't always going the way I want. And maybe I don't treat them as loving as I should, but like Jesus, they give me love unconditionally back. Yeah. So um, that was kind of where I found grace on a daily from my husband and my kids. So that's, you know, I'm not going to prison. But uh, what, a, what a great story that you get to tell that, that you are in a home, in a family where you're experiencing grace, where you, and they're, they're getting it from you, but what you're recognizing right now is that you are getting it from your husband. You're getting it from mm-hmm. your kids. You're getting grace from them. Yeah. And so how, how does it feel? How does receiving grace feel? It's a sigh of relief yeah. to feel that love that I, I don't deserve in that moment. Yeah. Um, especially, I, again, with this past couple of weeks has been very stressful not knowing the uncertainties have brought a lot of questions and um, fear, honestly, that, you know, when I'm asking questions or wanting things done around the house, I'm not saying anything really in a loving manner. So, but uh, (laughs) working on being graceful to myself as well in these times. So that's good. That's good. What about you? Either you two, can you think of a time when you've experienced grace, received it? achiever and you know often I get into the thing like all these logistics have to come together for example this today like there's so many things that have to come together that I can overwhelm myself just because I get in that routine that this has to be achieved and if it doesn't then all of this falls upon me but you know just earlier in the week I thought I had a plan and I, I thought we had some strategies and then we, we met back and we were talking to Alan and Jan and I and just in the midst of that, uh, a sigh of relief for me came when Alan was like, we don't, we don't have to do full-fledged production. We don't have to do all that. Something that I naturally just go to like, hey, we have to do this. We want it to be an experience. But he was like, it can also be relational. We want it to be mm-hmm. great. And so for me, I felt like I received grace because my thing went like... <laughs> No, we have to get this done. Like, it, it was overwhelming. How are we going to do that? We can only have 10 people. And just, I was reassured that we don't have to have all the things that we normally get to experience. Mm-hmm. We just have to make it meaningful for the people who get to, um, to enjoy it and feel like we're still loving on them while also being able to say, 
it's a season four. It's not the same routine. And so that God can minister in a different way, which is not my normal because I like to plan it and I'm having to experience it in a different way myself. DeAndre, I love that you, you love the church and, and the people so much that you want to do that every time. I love that that's who you are. And I love that you feel like you have received grace this week by that. Because a lot of us are just, are just pulling back a little bit and, and shifting our priorities a little bit. And, and what we don't want is for this Sunday morning to, to be a, a, a Zooming experience for you or for the rest of us, and, but that we can join in with just kind of just kind of slowing things, slowing the RPMs down just a little bit. I'm glad you're right. feeling that. Um, one of the other things that just last night, um, as we moved towards um, Holy Week, the team, we had a schedule rehearsal that was supposed to happen last night. It was canceled. We did not gather on site. However, we used Zoom and I was able to conference call the entire team and we met for an hour where we just um, kind of broke down the old hymn, Sweet Hour of Prayer, and was reminded of, of God's promises in that hymn. But we also spent about an hour in prayer just as a team. And so it was very reassuring just to see the team say, we know you're at work, but they were also just gracious to say, we know you can't do this, but the, the fact that we could hang out still was just totally um, incredible. So we we are, we are a, blessed, a blessed church, a blessed people. Outstanding. Jan, what about you? Do you have a, a time where you have felt grace? Yeah, I think of lots of times. Um, the one that comes to the forefront of my mind right now is um, when my family was, we used to live in a different state and travel, mm -hmm. and we'd travel all of our kids mm -hmm. on an airplane, and, and there was one over Christmas time, and there was one time we were traveling out here for Christmas. And of course, you know, being a pastor, you fly and you do the Christmas Eve services and you literally leave Christmas Day, right? And so we're flying on Christmas Day with all of our kids in the airport and we get bumped off, off a flight because it was, they'd overbooked. And so we're sitting in the airport with all of our kids and uh, they, they do get us on the next flight. And, and mind you, I, I think we have four kids at this point and uh, uh, two of which are pretty young. And uh, they, they call us up and they tell us we're on the next flight and they bumped us to first class. Yes, they did. They bumped <laughs> us to first class. And so here's, you know, we're all exhausted and trying to keep the kids entertained. And we, we get on and we have these huge seats and leg room. And, you know, I feel, you know, you can could, you could tell the other people who actually paid to be in first class are like, <laughs> we're not sure you belong here. <laughs> But, uh, you know, and, and thankfully, uh, you know, normally when you sit in first class, they give you meals and everything else. They were doing all of that. I was a little worried about what they were going to give for our kids, whether or not they'd like it, you know. But they had pizza. And nice. so all of my kids had the pizza. And uh, we just had a fabulous time. We kept a, a blanket. And to this day, it's something that my family and I, we talk about. Remember that time and what a blessing it was to travel in, in first class uh, at that time. So Outstanding. Outstanding. So how did that feel? How did that feel so, to have that experience? You know, especially um, having found out that you're bumped and, and trying to keep everybody together and it's later, it's getting later in the day, to have the joy of going into first class and feeling special. Yeah. You know, just like you matter and so we're going to do this. Just that yeah. felt really good to our whole family. And then the whole trip was radically changed, yeah. right? Like the, the, the experience of that trip and first class was totally different than what it would have been <laughs> if, if, we were in, if we were in coach. Yeah. And so it was, it was awesome. It's a great story.
Again, the idea is that if we can remember the power and the beauty of grace, it, it may have an effect on our willingness to pass that on to others, mm-hmm. to know what this can do to other people. I want to take a look at a verse from uh, uh, Hebrews. I invite you to uh, go to your Bible. Normally in church I say, if you brought your Bible, but you're at home now, so go get your Bible. <laughs> Just go get it. Just wherever it is, go get it. We'll give you a minute. Go get, go get your Bible or your digital Bible. Uh, I'm, I'm old school. I do paper. But, uh, but Hebrews chapter 13, if you don't have a Bible, stop by here and we'd love to get you a Bible. We won't, we'll, we won't go within six feet of you, but we'll give you a Bible. Um, we want to make sure that you have this. So Hebrews is deep into the New Testament, uh, deep into the Bible, almost uh, near the end. And um, Hebrews, interestingly enough, we don't know who wrote this book that originally they thought it was Paul, and some people still believe that it was Paul, but uh, during the, uh, the uh, Reformation, there was a lot of questions. They, they really kind of came down with certainty that Paul was not the one who wrote the book of Hebrews. And just as a pause, how would you like to be the, that guy? How would you like to be the guy <laughs> who wrote a book in the Bible and, and no one will ever know who you are? How would you like to be that guy? Imagine, Kristen, if you wrote this masterpiece novel and it simply was referred to for thousands of years as written by the American. How would, how would that? I mean, that's what it is. That's got a lot of grace. That's, that's a lot of, it would take a lot of grace with that. So, so, so we don't even know who wrote this, but um, he's, in, he's encouraging and, and, and people and really trying to connect the, the New Testament story of Jesus with the, with the Old Testament story. That's why it's called the book of Hebrews. And in the final chapter, in Hebrews chapter 13, he really wraps up his, his message. And I want to take a look at verse 9 there. He writes, Do not be carried away by all kinds of strange teachings. Let me just pause there. Th- this isn't a challenge to Mountain Park Church or to... Uh, to this. He's not talking about goofy Canadians when he talks about strange teachings and kind of unorthodox. That's not what he's talking about here. What he's actually talking about are, are things that go outside of the truth and grace of the gospel of Jesus. He's talking about uh, teachings that, that pull people away from the actual grace that is offered by Jesus. He continues, It is good for our hearts to be strengthened by grace, not by eating ceremonial foods, which is of no benefit to those who do so. So the last part of that verse is an example of what the writer is talking about in terms of these strange teachings. It's, it's really taking on some of the laws from the Old Testament about what to eat and when to eat and, and how to eat and, and all sorts of uh, different things, that these strange things that they were taking and focusing on way beyond the intent of what God provided those things uh, for us all about in the Old Testament, taking them way beyond that. And so the idea is, is set aside those strange teachings. And in the middle there, he just uses this, this incredible phrase, it is good for the heart to be strengthened by grace. It is good for the heart to be strengthened by grace. So we're talking about receiving grace and the power and the beauty of what it means to receive grace. It is good for the heart to be strengthened by grace. The head is important. The head is the piece that writes and and reads and studies. The head is really a a filter for all of the information that comes to us. And when we enter a church, we don't shut the brain off, as some are accused of of doing in church. 
that that's not what happens. The head is a filter to say, what do I want to let in? And the head helps us filter what gets to the heart because all that really matters is what gets to our heart. All that really matters. The head takes it all in, but all that really matters is the stuff that gets filtered down and, and transforms us from the inside. It's Jesus coming into our heart. It is all of the things that come in to our heart. And grace strengthens the heart. It, it, it's great to have conversations, to have talks about what does this mean, about uh, different theological conversations. All that stuff is great. But all that really matters is what makes it to the heart. And the heart is strengthened by grace. What's the value of grace? It strengthens the heart. When we experience grace, we live a life of peace. We, li we just live a life that we are transformed. It's not just about, about what we can think or what we can understand. It is an internal peace. When life is, is uncertain, when life gets flipped upside down, when our routines are broken, when everything gets shifted and, and shattered like it is right now, it is a heart that, that is full of grace that experiences peace. It is a heart that says, even beyond what I can understand, I'm experiencing peace. It is a peace beyond understanding. The heart gets to experience that. Grace dramatically affects the heart. That's the power and the beauty of these stories, is that it's not just a thinking experience. Grace affects the heart. Grace has a dramatic impact on the heart. I... I'm excited about uh, next, uh, next month, month and a half or, or so from now on May 2nd. It's a Saturday, barring, you know, who knows what our schedule is going to look like, et cetera. But right now, the plan is that we are going to have a, a gathering on uh, May 2nd, uh, Saturday, joining with some other churches, um, an event that is about serving and reaching out to others here in our community. And it's led by a, a, a guy that I used to work with named Steve Shogren. When I was in Cincinnati coming out of seminary, the first job I had was at a, at a church in Cincinnati, um, and Steve was the pastor there. And Steve was so passionate about, about kindness, about loving others in radical ways. He literally wrote the book on it. He wrote a book called The Conspiracy of Kindness. And so he would lead us as a staff. He would lead us as a church and going into the community, and we would give free batteries, free 9-volt batteries to people, just knock on the door and say, hey, we want to make sure your uh, fire alarm, your, your fire alarm is uh, set up. So go ahead and take this battery and go, we want to make sure that you and your family are safe. And we'd walk around and give uh, free toilet paper to kind of lower income places. And right now, I mean, we, we'd be mugged if we walked around with, you know, with a bunch of toilet paper. But, but we would, we'd walk around, literally just ring doorbells and, and give them uh, uh, toilet paper. And uh, one of the things that, uh, that, uh, that we used to do was, uh, it's a little bit weird, but we used to wash toilets. We used to go to businesses, particularly small businesses, large businesses that, you know, they have, they have companies that do this. But small businesses, we would just go in with, with these kits, with uh, scrub brushes and these spray, spray kits. And we would just say, hey, can we wash your toilet for you? Hmm. And the people would go, you want a what? Hmm. And then we would just go in the back room and wash this toilet that hadn't been cleaned in, in years sometimes. I mean, so we had stories about some of the toilets that we had in interaction with, just washing their toilets in the back. And so we, we, we kind of embraced and learned this idea that, that this is kind of like modern day foot washing. It's like, what's the most disgusting part of your life? And we will go in and show you love and show you grace that really is unnatural. And so, um, 
Steve and a crew, they're going to come and they're going to uh, lead us and, and folks from other churches into, into this experience to really kind of blast the city with kindness and love and grace and, and uh, mercy. And uh, it's going to be a blast. Uh, very much looking forward to that. That's actually, the, the, because of the toilet thing, their uh, theme for the whole deal, they have this, this 16-foot inflatable toilet. A 16-foot inflatable toilet that we're going to set up somewhere in the city and say, this is where we're going to gather, gather around the toilet, and it says, make kindness great again. On front of the, so you, how could you want to miss that? It's going to be awesome. So one of the, one of the other things that, um, that we used to do is we used to do uh, free car washes, and we had signs that said, free car wash, and then in brackets it would say, no kidding. Because what would happen is there's sort of an expectation. You come for a car wash, and then, yeah, it's free, but here, uh, you're raising money for your church, for your youth group. I'll give you five bucks. I'll give you ten bucks. And what we would do, though, is we would say, no, we will not take any money. This is a free car wash. We will, we will do a good job on your car, and we will not take a dollar from you. And people just kind of get surprised. Why would you do this? Why would you do this? We would say, because God's love is free. Because the grace of God is free. It is unmerited, undeserved for you here today. Some people would just kind of go, okay, and those guys are weird, and they would drive away. Others, time after time, we'd get these stories of people who have, who have never experienced the grace of God. They, they've, they've heard church people yell at them from, from a street corner, but they drive away and they just go, I've never felt that before. I've never experienced that before. I've never felt that. So um, there are a lot of, places now that do free car wash, free car wash, free car wash. And so, so now uh, what uh, Steve and his, his group are doing, uh, they have now a sign that says car wash a dollar. So it's a little bit different. Everything, everybody else is doing free car wash now. This says car wash a dollar. So you come and they'll wash your car. And then at the end, we'll give you a dollar. And so then they say, what do you mean? What, you're giving me a dollar so that you can wash my car. That's ridiculous. We say, no, we, we want to give you a dollar for the pleasure of washing your car. So that once again, these people for a dollar can drive away going, I experienced something radical there. I experienced something beautiful. I experienced the grace and the love of God. Grace changes the heart. Grace is, is a, is a, grace affects the heart in powerful ways that, that nothing else can. It is good for the heart to be strengthened by grace. I want to wrap up here today, and uh, um, I just feel that it is imperative to give uh, any of you an opportunity to receive grace, perhaps for the first time. How can you give a grace away that you've never received personally? You could be listening here today, uh, watching here today, and, uh, and maybe there's, there's fear that is swirling around in, in your mind. It's fear about what would happen if this virus really got unleashed. Fear about, you, you know, is, is this the end? Is this the end of the world? There could be you or some people that you know and care about could be at a time of just saying, I don't know what next month is going to look like. I don't know what three months is going to look like. Maybe you've never had the opportunity to receive grace. So what I want to do right now is uh, I just want to pause and I want to pray with you. For any of you who have never received the grace of God to just go ahead and do that here with us here today, would you bow your heads with me? Father, I pray for any who are listening, watching right now, who perhaps hear a message about grace, and the concept of receiving grace, and perhaps have received grace from other people in real and tangible ways, 
but have never fully embraced the reality of what it means to experience grace, to receive grace from you. Father, I pray right here, right now, that they would understand this is unmerited gift. This is not something that any of us earn. And so I, I pray, Father, for any right now, hearing or listening, to just receive your grace. I pray that, that right now, with, with hearts that are softened, God, that you would, you would go into that place, that there would be a transformation. It isn't just, hey, I felt something good on that Sunday morning, but there is a transformation from, I know I did not believe Jesus was Lord to Jesus is Lord. And it is the grace that comes from that that changes our lives. So God, I pray for any right here, right now, who wanna receive you as their Lord, receive the grace that you offer. We pray in the name of Jesus.